From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com and brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com is your hockey superstore with three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com. Indiana Tech University for ticket and schedule information for the two-time ACHA National Champions. Go to IndianaTechWarriors.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson for lunch or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. University of Georgia Hockey, power school athletics tradition, college town atmosphere, and the building of a program like no other at UGAHockey.com. College Hockey, Inc., growing the game at the college level and beyond. Adrian College, championship hockey culture and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. Maryville University, the big city style of St. Louis, small school education. For more information, visit us at maryvillesaints.com or at maryville.edu. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Mary Hockey, top flight hockey, intense rivalries, championship aspirations, and more. For schedule and ticket information, go to goyoumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, the only app that lets you earn Caesars rewards, but please play responsibly. FedEx, the official shipping company, of Ice Time Hockey West. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's try number two tonight. We're doing a, a recording. We will not be live due to some connection issues. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Egan, Minnesota. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from that beautiful, vibrant championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? I am doing well. I, I survived the, uh, the trip to Anaheim and, uh, and the land of Disney, although I wasn't at Disneyland, but of course I was near Disneyland. I had some... But uh, yeah, it's now September, so that means hockey games will be starting in just a few days, so uh, that's never a bad thing. I hear you. Well, as we had some technical issues, as you probably have heard, <laughs> trying to get going, but uh, we've got a great guest coming on tonight, so I don't want to wait around too long, Stephen. Uh, we'll get uh, Clay Program on, and uh, we'll get going and uh, talk a little Kentucky hockey tonight. How does that sound? I, li- I like it. You know, we don't, we don't think of Kentucky normally for hockey, but... Uh at least in this round, but I'm glad that we get to talk a little Kentucky hockey, not Kentucky basketball or Kentucky football, so this is, this is uh, exciting. All right. The head coach from uh, the University of Kentucky, the M2 program there, the associate head coach, is that correct, Clay Program? That is correct, <laughs> as of last week, yes. <laughs> I love it. And you reached out to me, which I think is really cool, because you heard the podcast and uh, you want to be a part of it, so we want to welcome you first and foremost and your program onto the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 podcast. Thanks for being a listener. Now, thanks for being a partner. How are things in the great state of Kentucky? They're good. Uh, we just got it rolling here about two weeks ago. All the players got in and on the campus, so uh, went through our tryout process, which saw about 70 players in a, in a four-day span. Uh, which is a really high number, um, probably the highest we've seen in the last seven years. And I got started with practice um, following up after that. So uh, just trying to blend the pieces together. Uh, we got 15 new pieces, 13 of those 15 are freshmen, uh, and about 16 returners. So just trying to blend the pieces uh, as we get closer to that first game right now. Okay, so before we get into your team, tell us a little bit about you. How did you uh, get started in the hockey world? And how did you get coaching, and what brought you to the University of Kentucky? And uh, just a little background stuff for us. Sure. Um, well, I played uh, hockey coming up through 
youth. Uh, obviously, living in Kentucky, there's not a whole lot of hockey to be played here, so it was a whole lot of traveling and on the road through the 16s and 18s. Um, after 18s, I got uh, put into the what was the CSHL. I developed into the NA3, so I played a little bit of Tier 3 junior in, in the North American uh, side of juniors. Uh, went on to college after that. Didn't pursue hockey while going through college. I uh, kind of took a good eight-year break from the game uh, and then was approached uh, in uh, 2017 from the GM at the time uh, and just saying they needed some help uh, building the program back up. So that's when we kind of got back involved with hockey. So uh, quick story, not, nothing too in-depth. Uh, I've always lived in Lexington, so uh, it wasn't too hard to find the University of Kentucky. Uh, being, being from the city itself. Okay, so we know Kentucky basketball rocks the world, but um, Kentucky hockey, starting to pick up, starting to get a little uh, vibe going your way? Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, we're, we're trying, at least. Uh, we've been here, this is going into our seventh year. Uh, we took over a program that was 3-20 and 20 at the time and uh, really learned a lot our first three years as we were trying to work our way through what was a mixed schedule of D3 and D2 games and trying to learn what does a competitive D2 team in the ACHA looks like and uh, trying to get to that regional status. And uh, we accomplished that the year after COVID and, and then uh, took a hard loss in that first round of regional. So um, we're really striving to be a very competitive D2 program. Uh, and as far as like a three to five year outlook, we would like to test ourselves in the D2, continue to be competitive and then, uh, potentially look at taking that next jump to that D1 status. Um, that would be great, but as far as I know, we have to be accepted to a conference before that happens, and geographically it might be a little tough. I'm not 100%, uh, just because we are a bigger school here. We don't get uh, funding from the school directly. We're all self-funded, so uh, when we're starting to look at all the, the travel that a D1 would present, uh, financially we get a little worried sometimes. Sure, totally understand that. Okay, my co-host Stephen Marsh is with me from Las Vegas. Stephen, jump on in. Yeah, so so Clay, I, I see a, a guy named uh, Tim Program. Uh, is he related to you anyway? <laughs> yes, related. Uh, that is my father. So we, we came in together uh, seven years ago. Uh, he's his assistant in the past six and uh, was handed a new title uh, at the start of this year. So. Yeah, that is my father, and, and we've been rolling together the last six, going on seven years uh, here at UK. Okay, so let me follow up with that. Let me follow up with that, Scott um, and, and Clay. And so, what is that like? What has that been like uh, coaching with your father uh, the last few years? Um, obviously, he's been a big part of your life. Obviously, probably a big but your hockey life for sure. And now you had a chance to coach with him these past uh, these past few years. Uh, it's been interesting, uh, to say the least. I, I like to kind of say we're the uh, yin and yang together, uh, just <laughs> from our uh, coaching kind of philosophies and standpoints at times, but it works. Um, we we kind of ground each other and, and, and pull each other back when maybe we get too far ahead at times. But uh, I say yin and yang, but he, he raised me and he taught me hockey uh, growing up from a little guy. So it, it's kind of uh, funny that sometimes the perspectives are a little bit different. Uh, did we butt heads? Yes. Do we fight? Yes. Is it for long? Absolutely not. We get over it and uh, get back to business. I uh, love it. Love it. Uh, one thing, Clay, about the, the hockey world, as you know, I'm sure, it's a, a very small, tight-knit community um, that expands all over the place. And what we love about this is that we can go anywhere in the country and find connections. And um, you know what? I mean, that's part of the reason why we do this. But when you talk about where your program is right now. Give us some of the highlights of how you got there, and then let's talk about the uh, the M2 stage of things because we know that hockey tournament, the national tournament I'm talking about, is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, some of the steps uh, that we took to get to this was um, recruiting. We, we had to jump in recruiting. As I said before, Kentucky is not known to be a hockey hotbed. Um, so, so it was really getting out going to uh, d different showcases when we could and, and making ourselves uh, known there and talking to players or getting on hockey TV and watching for a year straight, getting coaches' contact, vetting a player for six to eight months and um, 
you know, seeing if we would have that right blend. So it's been a, a really gruesome recruiting process. Sometimes these classes, uh, the first four years were upwards to 20 players at a time. Um, so it was really just kind of changing the, the culture um, of some things that were happening uh, around the program and then also change, changing the style of player that was here previously. Um, has been a massive step. And um, the last two years, our, our culture here off the ice has really taken a, a, a major jump. Guys getting to the gym on their own, where it's a big university. We don't have access to go to the gym, so we got them a private gym membership and arranged some things a little bit differently. Um, every year, we, we learn valuable, valuable lessons. And um, I think it's just kind of been uh, the course of trial and error for the first couple of years until we really saw where we needed to be trying to hone in on that in the last two or three years. All right, hang tight one second. We're having a little uh, smoke alarm <laughs> issues in the hotel. It's crazy. All right. They're they're off now, so I, I think it's I think we're okay for the moment. So my apologies for that. Um, okay, so Yeah, go ahead, Stephen. More on the recruiting side of things, you talk about not being necessarily you know, the hockey's not necessarily big, bigger there. Is, is the fact that Kentucky has this history with football and the SEC and basketball and everything, can that help? I mean, you can come play some hockey, but you can also be part of an SEC school, be part of, the, you know, the, watching the football, the basketball team on. Uh, can that help in, in recruiting? Sorry, you, you faded a little bit on, on me there, but uh, I think you're asking uh, just about the campus lifestyle here the guys get the experience of that, right? Yeah, yeah, being part of an SEC school and, and, and having the history of the basketball program and the football and, and how much can that help, even if they're calling to play hockey, but they can, they can use that in recruiting to say, hey, you're going to come in SEC school, you're going to get to watch the basketball team, you know, you get to be part of that and, uh, and play some hockey while you're here, too. Yeah, it, it's, it's a fantastic uh, campus experience here. Um, the first, usually the first two or three weeks when the boys are in school and, and we're not playing games, they go to the tailgates and they go and experience a football game and get some of that college experience at, at a really big school. Uh, basketball, sometimes we're rolling uh, when basketball is going, so more often than not, those guys are really, you know, kind of watching the TVs when we're on a road trip somewhere or huddled around the TV in the hotel's room watch, watching the basketball, so that, I mean, yeah, that's a huge, huge part of their campus life, and uh, all, all the guys start to bleed blue usually by their second year, even if they're not from this area. Uh, so, so it's good to see. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a great education at uh, a big school, but uh, you can really have some really great college experiences here. Um, some of these guys, you know, that may have played junior, maybe did the prep route, or um, you know, some of them might have a couple D three offers when they're going through junior. And, uh, more times than not, uh, those guys fall in, in, into our kind of laps because they're looking for a big school. And another great thing about the community and, and the fans of UK is basketball is highly attended, football is highly attended. Hockey, believe it or not, is the third most attended male sport at Kentucky uh, uh, for fans. Oh, we love to hear that stuff. We absolutely do. Um, I want to talk about your schedule first, but before we get to the schedule, man, I love your logo. I love your uniforms. I saw the pictures on Twitter. Man, you got to have people just lining up to get that stuff, don't they? <laughs> yes, we they, they beat down the doors. Um, if it's here in person, we usually have merch shops. Not usually. We always have merch tents or merch tables at games where you can get the hoodies, t-shirts, all that good stuff, and then uh, we offer the jerseys online, but yes, people are always emailing or in some type of inbox asking, where can I get a jersey? So they, <laughs> they are a hot commodity. Um, yeah, and it's always awesome. Uh, from our first year, you look across and it'd be a packed house, you know, eight, 800, 1,000 people, but they'd be wearing Blackhawks and Bruins and all these NHL teams' jerseys. It's really nice now, seven years later, to look across and see the fans and they're in our home jerseys or they're in our road jerseys or our thirds. It's pretty cool. Now, is the, is this a, how do you understand this? Is it true that you play all your home games at midnight? That, unfortunately, is true. And it's horrible for the sleep schedule. Uh, as, as I keep getting older and older, it's getting tougher <laughs> and tougher. I'm sure it's really tough for my old man uh, doing the midnight games. Last year, um, we did do an early game. 
Uh, we've been trying to involve ourselves more with the youth program here in Lexington. So we did do an early one last year and had the little guys come out and uh, little guys and gals come out and skate with us for warm-ups, all that kind of good stuff, and do the intros. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, so majority of them are at midnight. Occasionally you might find us early uh, for one game a year. Okay. You still, get, you still get pretty good crowds when it's at midnight? I mean, you guys obviously can kind of up that a little bit and try to, like, you know, make, make the best of it. But, I mean, it's a holiday. people, I mean, we, you know, we've tried some midnight games here, and it seems to be successful, but it's only one a year. You guys are doing all the games at midnight. So, I mean, what is it like uh, crowd-wise when you're doing your games at midnight? Uh, it's sold out. Uh, majority majority of our games, we had 20 home games last year, and I think we had 17 sellouts. So uh, capacity here for the fire marshal is right at that 1,000 mark, uh, and then they go into the one-in, one-out kind of scenario. Um, but uh, they pack it. I mean, uh, the team's been around since 1984, and uh, it's been midnight games since 1984. This is something we started. It's been a tradition here for a long time, and um, since that first year, since they, they went to midnight, it's been nothing but a packed house. Uh, a funny thing that some of the students like to, to say to themselves is they try and hit what they call the trifecta. Uh, we're in Kentucky, so horse racing is big here, right? And, and the trifecta for them is in early October, uh, mid or late October, whatever, kind of there, the 7th through the 27th. If you go to horse racing in the morning, you might catch an evening or an afternoon football game, and then at midnight you come to the hockey game. So uh, they are not shy uh, of the time. They pack the house every time. Okay, let's dig into that schedule, Clay. Tell us a little bit about uh, when you guys start playing, who you're going to play, what the competition is like, and then finish it off by telling us about regionals, because we know this M2 regional is really difficult on a one-and-done case. Yeah, uh, so this season we're going to get started off with BU. Um, after BU, we'll have... We'll go down and uh, see UNC and NC State, and then we'll come back and have a home game with Louisville. Uh, so that's the first couple weeks of the season. Those, those are pretty tough games for us. Uh, beyond that, we kind of get back into conference play. Uh, well, sorry, I'm skipping over Virginia Tech and then a follow-up game with UNC uh, and NC State and Louisville in a tournament. Uh, then we get into really competitive play in the TSCHL, which has Bowling Green, Dayton, Michigan, Ohio State, OU, Cincinnati, Indiana, um, Louisville, Miami of Ohio, and Xavier. Um, so we get, get into that. It's a very tough conference, very physical, gritty conference. Uh, to make your way through it, it it's always very tough. Uh, and, and then we go down in January, we'll go and see Florida Gulf Coast, which is a big trip for us. Um, so uh, we saw them play at uh, Nationals last year, a fantastic team. We've heard nothing but good things about them our seven years here, so... Uh, we're going to go down there and, and see how see how we size up against one of the uh, notable teams in the Southeast and has been a notable team for the past seven-plus years in the Southeast. So um, that'll be exciting. Uh, and then we'll get into TSCHL playoffs and then regionals, which regionals is just it's brutal. Um, our first, first year going to the Southeast regionals, we lost um, – to a team that was seated lower than us in uh, Penn, Penn, uh, Pennsylvania University. We played them last year in the opening round and came out on top. Uh, and then we had a really close, close game with UNC. It was our third time seeing them uh, last year, and we got out with a 1-0 victory, and that was just a tough, tough game. But uh, to get into to regionals is tough itself. To get into regionals and uh, whatever course it is, if you got to play three games or two games to, to get your ticket to Nationals, it's it's tough. Uh, and then once you get to Nationals, that's a completely different level of tough. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Stephen and I have both seen the National Tournaments. I've seen a couple of regional M2 tournaments, and, boy, it, it's, it's heartbreaking, to be honest with you. You work that hard to get there. You travel to a location and then it's a one and done. And how do you prepare yeah. your guys for that type of a situation? Um, we look at it uh, really week by week as we go through the year. We don't try to get ahead of ourselves at this point. Uh, each each game that we go into is our biggest game that, that we have. Uh, so trying try just to prepare them to be consistent every game, to, to play at the highest level, even when we're playing teams that might not be in the top 10 or 15, what we would call a regional-style team of whatever region we're playing. Uh, 
there's certain goals that we have to hit when we're playing these guys to make sure that we're performing at our highest ability and not getting into bad habits. All right, let's dig into the roster. Stephen, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, you, you just put out your roster recently about your uh, the upcoming season. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the roster makeup this year, and then uh, and then you can also mention your, your leadership group, your captains, because you put those out uh, a couple of days ago as well with uh, Gabriel at uh, DeMonico with your captain, Tim Burke is one of the assistants, and Brett Quinn and other assistants. So talk about your captains and maybe your, how your roster makeup is looking. Sure. Um, so I think we're right around 15 on the returners numbers, um, which is great. Tim Burke, as you mentioned, he's one of our assistant captains, and he has been the last four years. He returned for a grad year this year, so great to have Timmy back. Um, we got third, uh, 13 freshmen coming in, and that's a mix of true freshmen or age-out junior freshmen that are coming in for their first year. Uh, and then we got three transfers that came in this year. We got uh, an NCAA three transfer. Uh, we got a NCAA, uh, sorry, an ACHA one transfer and an ACHA three transfer. So um, 16 new pieces, but three of them are a little bit older as a grad student and two juniors. Um, so it, it, it's a it's a new roster, and like I mentioned before, you know that's that's something that we are used to here. Uh, we're used to having a young roster. Uh, and having new pieces that we have to blend together. Um, it's something we've done the last five years, so um, it, it's kind of like the cycle repeats itself. You know, you're kind of going through the basics of your systems and um, what, you're, what you want your uh, identity to be as a team every year. So uh, sometimes it feels like you're slamming your head into the wall, but uh, it, it has to be done to get that kind of blend together. But uh, talent-wise, I'm very excited for this team. Uh, I think we're a little bit more talented than last year. I think we're a little bit bigger than last year, maybe a little bit faster at times than last year. So um, really excited with the product that we have on the ice, but uh, the key is blending it all together. Clay, when you talk about that, um, and, and I've talked about this for quite a bit now, because I've seen the talent level over at least the last half dozen years uh, at every level just get better and better and better. So when you're building a roster, if you could do it ideally, would you prefer to have a roster of 20, 25 guys that are the very best in their group? Or would you prefer to have some guys that are the very best, but also some guys that have room to grow and maybe can fill roles for you? Deep question. Um, I would love to have 24 guys that can just absolutely go out and get it done. But um, I do love my role guys. Um, I, I think it's really tough maybe for um, especially some of these true freshmen that are coming out of maybe an 18th or coming out of a high school where they've been a top guy um, and relied upon a lot or they're coming in and they're trying to embrace a new role. Uh, sometimes that's a really heavy task to ask an 18 year older to do. Uh, sometimes they can accept it and sometimes guys really have trouble accepting it. Um, so I, I like to build if it's my way, I would like to build per piece. Uh, it would be amazing to have 24 guys to get it done, but I would still prefer maybe to pick by piece and pick roles and, uh, and, and really kind of build the lines and, and the identity that I'm looking for in my team. Okay, so when we, when we look at your roster this year, where do you think your strengths are going to lie? Are you strong in net? Are you strong defensively, offensively, or what do you think that whole roster looks like when you get them on the ice and going after it? Yeah, um, goaltending-wise, very, very excited to see my two sophomores come back. Uh, one of the transfers that we picked up is a goaltender as well. So I feel like we're very strong in neck. Uh, Riley Allen was second-team TSCHL last year. Um, and uh, I really feel like I got a 1A and 1B with my sophomores coming back. We could call on either one of those guys any night of the week and, and be just as good as the other um as far as offense goes um we should be strong there we got a, a lot of our returners are coming back as offensive players uh Gabe D'Amico who is our captain Brett Quinn uh both of them are 100 point 100 plus point guys uh in their three years here uh Cameron Chabot uh Chabot from Indiana Tech uh, he's a 163-point player in the ACHA one in his four years. So uh, I, I think we got some uh, power offensively 
Um, so I kind of expect the same thing there. I, I'd really love to see uh, four, four or five goals a night from my team. Uh, and defensively, I think we got a little bit better positionally uh, in the defensive perspective. Goaltending is still going to be strong. So uh, hopefully one or two less goals against this year and staying the same, maybe five, hopefully around five a game uh, is what I'm hoping. Steven, you got a follow-up? Uh, yeah, I mean, as you guys go into the season, like, what's, you know, obviously you have goals that you're and you obviously want to make the national tournament, but, like, where do you want to see the biggest area of improvement from last season to this season? I'm sorry, could, could you repeat this question? Biggest area of improvement uh, that you want to see from last year's team to this year's team? Uh, the improvements I want to see is um, just continued growth in, in what we're doing in the off-ice and the serious, seriousness of our tone. Um, I, I, a lot of times uh, in, in our past, I don't think we actually realized the level we needed to be at to be able to compete where we said we wanted to be. Uh, we've been to the highest level of M2 in the, in the national tournament and saw a completely different version. We thought we were good going into it. We, we realized that we weren't close to good. Um, so having those 15 returners come back and, and really embrace that uh, to our new pieces to the team uh, and, and just our tone of uh, a seri seriousness uh, is something that I'd really like to see out of this group. Um, I, think, I, I think on the ice we have the ability to compete at the highest level. I think the other half of it is uh, the mindset that we can compete and not be in shock and awe when we get there. Clay, tell us if you can what um, if we're newbies coming to your your game. What are we going to see, and how will we know that uh, UK hockey is on their game when they're performing the very Scott, best? Remember, Scott, when you go there, you have to stay up late. <laughs> I know. I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay, if, if you come to a UK hockey game, uh, how you would know that we're performing? best is that you just hear the train hornet in here just slamming <laughs> six, seven, eight times. They don't stop. Uh, the band, the band's here. Uh, it's usually like a 20 or 30 member uh, piece of the band. The band's here rocking uh, and then you just see about 400 people hanging over four foot glass because we got good old glass that's about four foot so the fans really can uh, get in the action if they want to. So uh, you just see a really, really lively atmosphere uh, inside the Lexington Ice Center and that train horn that's glaring. Okay, so when we when we look around and we see things in the SEC and we see how rabid the fan base is, it sounds an awful lot like your fan base is uh, that way too for hockey, which I think is great. Um, but when you're trying to grow this game, uh, do you see in the future, Clay, that uh, the Southeastern Conference is going to have NCAA hockey players and hockey teams down the road? Would that is that something that's possible? I don't think it is as fictitious as I thought it was maybe a few years ago. Okay. Um, Georgia has been doing a really good job pushing, uh, working with their school. I think they. Just recently, or maybe they are building a uh, rink there on campus for them uh, instead of the ballroom that they used to play in. Um, so, in my opinion, it will have to be pushed through the SEC conference. I don't think one team alone is going to jump into the mix. I think it'll really have to be a, a conference push. But uh, I would, I would say, maybe in the next five to ten years i could see something coming about at it if it's a d3 level even and not jumping into the mix of d1 i would assume with the big branding at sec they want to jump into the highest level they can be d1 but uh, I, I do think it's a reality but i do think we're still some time away from it yeah fair enough let me ask you this because we know the sec is very very competitive at everything they do in their universities would you uh, assume that once uh, one team gets things rolling, let's say that is Georgia with their new building, and it's getting close now. I think they plan to be into it uh, right after the first of the year, but uh, does it, do you think it's kind of a bandwagon thing where guys are going to jump on board because, hey, if, if Georgia can do it, why can't we? 
A hundred percent. I think that's that's how it's going to be done. Um, I, I think that the the pickup and just like fan uh, fanness through the South, um, definitely in the Carolinas, and even you know coming up from Florida. Now you're having a lot of more hockey fandom than you ever have uh, in in the Southeast. So uh, I think you know if one team does go outside the conference and, and start it, and then it happens for a year or two and the rest of the conference sees it and, and they're you know looking over at it, I don't think it's too far behind that you'd see the majority of the conference roll with it. Well, the one thing that I see, and, and you know, we started this company when uh, Arizona State decided they were going to go NCAA Division One, and everybody said, oh, it'll never work. They played in a 900-seat building for the first four or five years. Um but but they did it, and now, as you say, you know, UK hockey is number three in, in attendance and, and probably revenue uh, there. Well, Arizona State is that way now with 5,500 seats in their building, and, uh, and people look at it and go like, wow, how did they do this so quickly? But it's passion, right? you got to have some passion behind it. Yes. Yeah, you got to have passion in it, and... Uh you know, we, we, we do it all for passion and love here in Kentucky, and I'm sure majority of the guys in the ACHA uh, two realm do it, right? We, we don't get paid a cent. It's all passion and love, and you, you got to have that drive for it um, to, to even think about it. So I think there's a lot of good people in the seats um, around a lot of the teams in the Southeast. Um, so I think everyone is pushing. Everyone want, wants to take that next step or at least take uh, the furthest amount of steps that we can. Uh, so, I, I, again, I would say maybe five to ten years, hopefully, fingers crossed. You, you can see something happen in the southeast, but, yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? You know, we, we play in front of a thousand. If, if we can find a gracious donor and have an arena built for two, three thousand and not play at midnight, I, I think you could fill that up. No problem. Uh, just from the licensing community and the people here that support UK, they know what hockey is or, or – or not. We used to have an AHL team here uh, and an ECHL team in the past. And, you know, they, they uh, didn't know much about hockey, but the first few years of the AHL, it was supported heavily. Uh, they won, won some games, and I think they even won their league championship, and uh, eventually it just kind of went away. But I think the city would support it at, at a high, higher level uh, if that was ever an opportunity. Stephen, you got one final one for the coach? Yeah, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, behind the scenes, you talk about the, the way that you guys present yourself as a program. How important are all those things, like putting the things out on, on social media, having the people behind the scenes, maybe the, putting the games on, uh, even though they are at midnight, but getting those out there for people to see and all those things, just the behind the scenes of, of the program and how important that is to, to put yourselves out there and to build yourselves. Uh, it's it's hugely important. Um, so, you know, players that we've got in the past five years that we didn't directly contact, I, I assume they found us through different content and social media that we've put out. So um, we, we have a creative director named Kai who does an amazing job of really pushing our brand and pushing us out there. Um, but, but that's huge for us, right? Because we're self-funded. We have to get these fans in here at midnight. Like I said, they've come since 84, but we continually market it because we have to have them. Without them, fees go up. We really want to get to that kind of D1 area where it's not a play-to-pay kind of thing. We, we love to have players play, play, uh, play hockey for free, but we, we have to um, you know push ourselves out there to get the fans in the building so we can go and have as many road games as we have or so we can buy the nice jerseys that we have or, or, or be able to give players sticks and helmets and gloves or whatever it is. Um, so, so we drive that very, very hard on our content. Um, it helps recruiting wise, uh, and it definitely helps on the financial side. Clay, I know you got practice coming up, so I'll let you go on this one. Uh, give us uh, a, a thumbnail pitch of uh, what you would tell a person, a prospective player, a corporate partner, uh, a fan, uh, why they should attend and why they should be a part of UK hockey. Sure. Um, you should come to UK hockey as a player because you're going to have an amazing college experience. Um, you're going to get a degree that people know from 
if you go anywhere in the country to apply, they're going to recognize the name University of Kentucky. Uh, you're going to come to this campus and immediately have your own little frat or group of people of 50 to 60 friends of current and or past players. Uh, you're going to be able to play in a competitive environment and a competitive schedule um, with fans at all of your home games um, while getting that education. Uh, as far as a fan, you should come out and experience it because you're going to have a great one, two, three hours, however long you can you can keep yourself up and stay out and experience it. Um, I love that. And just have a great time. All right, corporate partners. How long, you, Scott? How long you can stay up? How long you can stay up? <laughs> oh, stop it! You were the one that went to midnight games and struggled. I can stay up, Clay. Trust oh, yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he's never go to sleep. You'll never go to sleep. <laughs> Good point. Um, Clay, tell us about the the corporate partners. I know you do fundraising through uh, through jersey sales and merchandise and all that, but corporate partners are a big part of uh, keeping you guys going too, right? Absolutely. Um, we have an amazing, amazing partner we've had for our seven years being here, Mingy Beef Jerky. It's a local company here in Kentucky, uh, and I think they've actually got their product going national now. I saw it in Florida about a month ago. Um, so Mingy Beef Jerky, they support all of the high school sports uh, in this area, and they do a whole lot for us. Uh, beyond that, we have uh, uh, a, a team dentist and a team chiropractor who help us out beyond belief. Uh, Freddy's, uh, that's a, a burger shop here that helps us out a whole lot. Puccini's Pizza. Uh, there's Myers Printing. I mean, it's, it's a village to get some, all of this stuff done. Um, I'm sure I'm in Jersey Mike sponsored us the last four years. It's been, it, it's been a whole lot of people that sponsor us. Um, and we're going into new sponsorships. Uh, Red Oak Outdoor Lighting is a new sponsorship. Cinco de Mayo. So we got people all, all across the city that are majority local businesses, UK alum, UK fans that really support us here. Clay, we appreciate it. And I see Optimex Sports comes with your, uh, your new uh, background for your design for your website and stuff. So uh, that that's that's got to be cool too. Yeah, we just partnered with Optimex kind of toward the end of national. So still really trying to, to get that all honed in there. But man, those guys do 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 magic work. Um, they partnered with uh, our vendor who we work with with CCM. And, kind of backboard in this link where you can buy jerseys directly on our website and it doesn't come to us. We don't have to deal with the shipping or the email tracking, none of that. So that's been extremely helpful. Uh, Shop Local Kentucky, they've made, I think, four or five t-shirts for us. and I mean, they, they raised at least half of our money to get the national, so they've been a, an amazing partner, too. Clay, we appreciate your time and this and coming on with us. Sorry about the connection issues and the fact we couldn't go live tonight, but I know people are going to love it on the download, and uh, we can't wait to get your ads going. So when you get a chance, uh, let let's get those ads up and going, and we can talk about uh, UK hockey every week. Absolutely, guys, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Absolutely, that's Clay Program, the associate head coach at the University of Kentucky, joining Stephen and I tonight for a great. Uh, visit and talk of college hockey in the great state of Kentucky. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes to uh, wrap up another issue. Actually, we've got more time, so we can talk a little more ACHA hockey. We'll be back shortly. At some schools, winning the national championship is the goal. For Liberty's women's hockey program, it's the expectation. Winners of the last five national championships Liberty Women's Hockey is the ACHA W1 standard. Be a part of the championship legacy on or off the ice with a first-class education, as well as serving your faith, community, and your game by visiting us at liberty.edu. Challenges, new level, same quest. Join us at the University of Mary for the 2023-24 hockey season as the two-time ACHA M2 champions bring that championship pedigree to the M1 level. Watch the Marauders take on rivals Minot State, Jamestown University, and national powers Missouri State, Illinois State, and Colorado State as they look to add to their hockey legacy. 
Head to GoYouMary.com to find out how you can support University of Mary Hockey. The University of Arizona Wildcats return to the Tucson Arena September 29th. Join the tradition and become a part of the legacy of hockey in the old Pueblo. Cheer on your five-time Cactus Cup champions as the Wildcats pursue a national championship after a promising off-season of key roster additions. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org for schedule and ticket information and follow us on social media. Bear down and rise up. The University of Michigan Dearborn with 130 courses of undergraduate study and 80 postgraduate and doctoral programs as well as our own on-campus arena allows you to grow as a student and a championship level hockey player. The ACHA M1 team looks to continue its climb in the national rankings as it takes on schools like Indiana Tech and Adrian. And in the classroom, you get the advantage of small classes with a 16 to 1 student faculty ratio at an affordable price. If this seems like the right fit for you, be it on or off the ice, see us at umdearborn.edu or at athletics.umdearborn.edu. Looking to extend your hockey career at a high level? Then the University of Georgia could be the place for you. Ice Dogs Hockey is an NCAA-style experience and championship culture combined with classic rivalries, big-time athletics, and an elite academic institution. Go to UGAHockey.com to start your journey and see if you can continue to help build the limitless future ahead for University of Georgia Hockey. Looking to continue building on a successful first season at the ACHA W1 level, Lake Superior State starts its second season in the CCWHA, a season that included having three academic All-Americans. If this is the kind of tradition that you are interested in help building as a player or support off the ice, then visit us at womensd1lssuachahockey.com and see if the school rated Michigan's most affordable university is for you. Lake Superior State Women's Hockey, a small school advantage with the big hockey culture built in. Looking to find the right place to fit your academic needs with a chance to play championship-level college hockey? Then Indiana Tech could just be that place. In less than a decade, the Warriors have played for two national championships, appeared in the last four national tournaments, and won six regular season and conference tournaments. Off the ice, majors in not just the tech fields, but communications, criminal justice, and more can get your career off to that same kind of championship start. For more information, visit us online at indianatechwarriors.com or at indianatech.edu. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. With a big school hockey feel, all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. 
Indeed, we are back at the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Egan, Minnesota. Having a, a few issues, a few issues, so we're not doing it live tonight. We are recording, but Stephen and I are live. My co-host, as always, from that beautiful championship city of Las Vegas. Stephen, the uh, the fire alarm seems to be off. I hope they don't come on again in the middle of the night or the middle of the show. Your thoughts on Clay Program and the uh, University of Kentucky Hockey Program? Well, I'd rather share my thoughts about the fire alarm up in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting people's attention. It's kind of like the goal horn, right? Yeah, exactly, like the goal horn. Or the really annoying uh, horns I heard this weekend at the hotel I was staying at as the uh, workers were striking. <laughs> I, I swear, I, I said to the video, I said, you know, I, as I said, I, I saw playoff games in Colorado uh, Eagles, and they have the cowbells there, and and I thought those were pretty annoying. I didn't think anything could be more annoying than that. Well, I think I, talked, I think I finally found something that was a little bit more annoying. It was the sirens and alarm they were playing outside the hotel where I was staying at in Anaheim, where the workers were striking. There was a lot of strikes going on there in California. And, uh, boy, you talk about wanting to get your attention. They definitely want to get your attention. <laughs> I think they succeeded in that because it's hard to miss it for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of attention, uh, a season of midnight home games is incredible. When Clay's talking about um, the band showing up, the building being sold out, um, all of that going on every game at midnight, that is really oh. something. That is unique and incredible. Talk about working a graveyard shift if you were involved in that program or covering that program, you'd be a lot of late nights. Exactly. And, and you know, like you and I have talked about relevancy uh, and determination and love for the game and wanting to grow the program. Um, the way this all works out is that if you have a desire, like I told you about Adrian College and other places, um, you can make it work no matter what. Now, I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, they're an M2 program, but they are like the number three attended sport on campus. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really interesting. Obviously, people... Uh, may or may not know that the, the SEC, of course, is so heavily a football and basketball conference in NCAA athletics. So, um, so I mean, and, and of course, the, the, so you think of, they got little sports that they have going on there. Basically, you know, another, you know, with it being in the SEC, or you think a lot of there would be another sport that could be the third. But the fact that you're talking about a hockey program that's not an NCAA sport, it's a you know, it's an ACHA program, but not even a Division One ACHA program, a Division. A Division Two ACHA program, and that they're saying that they're the, that they uh, say, and I'm not I'm not disputing it, saying that they're the third uh, most uh, revenue producing sport on campus uh, is is really. Interesting. I, I, I so, don't know about I don't know about revenue. I just know about revenue, attendance. Attendance, sorry, yes, yes, attendance, right? Well, yeah, because they only can get a thousand people in there, so it's uh, they're kind of limited there. But but yeah, I mean that that's exciting. But you, you hope it can lead to to that um, more revenue and, and build that program. I mean, and, and what he was saying about, you know, five, ten years, so you got to hang in there at least five, ten years to see if all this comes to fruition. You can't go can't go anywhere yet <laughs> to see if all this comes to fruition. But, um, and maybe by then we'll, the, the, the technology will be so great we won't have to worry about fire alarms in the old shows. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but uh, um, anyway, but, uh, you know, to see if, if the SEC can maybe come, come to hockey, uh, bring in hockey as a, as a sport in the in that conference at some point in the NCAA level, uh, it'd be interesting to even see if they can even gain, be able to be in a position to go into an, to a Division One program in the ACHA. And then, of course, he mentioned Georgia. How Georgia's kind of like being going hard right now to try to bring interest more of hockey in that area, and I think they're. They're having success in that so far. I mean, with this new building coming in, of course, we've talked about it. They've, they've joined in with us, which we're not trying to tutor on horn and horn, but obviously people find it valuable to help maybe grow their programs. That's, that's great, and we love that. And uh, But I think it's, it just shows that you see one one program is trying like to, to be kind of like the catalyst for other programs to jump on and to, and to be beneficial for that. I mean, we see out west, I think ASU is kind of the, the staple program we talk about out west being going to NCAA, and we're seeing other programs kind of following that mold. I guess you can even think of a Lindenwood who have made the jump, and even though they're not out west, but they are kind of in that, that Midwest area. So they, they they look back at ASU's path and, and how they got to where they are, and I'm sure use some of those similar uh, things to, to work to get to where they are. UNLV's trying it. Other, you know, I'm sure Arizona 
wants to try to, to get there at some point. It's a process, of course. Each school is a different pro, a different point in their in their process. But but there's like this one program that can be kind of like, and Georgia can be that program out in the south, but then Kentucky and other programs around that SEC country. And who knows? Maybe in ten years, not only we're we talking about SEC football or basketball, but we're talking about an SEC uh, NCAA uh, hockey conference, which would be which would be fantastic. Yeah, exactly, and don't forget about Tennessee State. They're uh, Tennessee State. They're yeah. making the push too to uh, to to climb and and get to NCAA. And uh, like I said, uh, Paul Hornstein brought it up to me today when he heard that we were having uh, <coughs> Clay on. He said, "Gee, I wonder if it would be uh, um, keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses, so, so to speak, where." Uh, if Georgia jumps on, Auburn wants to be there, and Alabama wants to be there, and Kentucky wants to be there. They all want to be there because they don't want to be left out, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine those rivalries in hockey? I mean, oh. we talk about. I mean, SEC football is about. I mean, I watch a lot of SEC. I mean, I mean, I watch when I get a chance to. I watch some SEC football. I mean, those rivalries are intense. The games are usually bloodbath, and you're talking football, and then basketball is the same way. Uh, difference because Kentucky's more of a powerhouse on the basketball side of things. But um, and then and then imagine though, if you put a hockey element to that, where, where hockey can be kind of this, although you know some elements of hockey maybe are, are less like fights and stuff. But I mean, as physical of a sport as hockey is, and you added the rivalries of SEC schools. It, it, it would, I don't really think it would be a positive thing, but people would want to watch it, I think. ESP, the, the worldwide leader may want to pick up these, some of these games or the other platforms to do that. I, I think I think it could be a, a draw for that. I think we have to kind of see and how these – there's been so much shuffling around with conferences in, in, in college athletics right now, the NCAA, with uh, the Pac-12 basically going away to Big 12, Big 10, you know, strengthening their conferences with some of these other schools from other conferences. I think there's going to be a couple of years of that kind of still kind of settling down a little bit to see how that plays out. And then, you know, you kind of see maybe how those conferences do. And obviously we talk about the big sports like football, basketball, those are kind of the two, the, the two sports that produce the most revenue for, for these schools and for these conferences. Um, so we kind of have to kind of TV contracts wise, we kind of have to wait and see how those play out. But then maybe once things kind of settle with conference shuffling and stuff, maybe then you start to see, see some other sports explored and, and how we can, Expand, expand these conferences uh, or blueprints and footprints in, in other sports, and, and I think hockey could be right at the top of the list of a sport these other conferences might want to look into bringing, especially as hockey continues to grow in the, around the country uh, at the pro level and in different parts of the country. Yeah, totally agree with you. Let's take another quick break. Let's come back and wrap up another episode of the American Collegiate Hockey Top Twenty Podcast in just a few minutes. Experience the best of academics and athletics at Minot State University. At Minot State, we're not just a team. We're a family united by passion and determination. Achieve your academic goals while thriving in a supportive community. With a commitment to excellence both on and off the ice, we're shaping leaders with an 11 to 1 student-faculty ratio, over 1,200 scholarships awarded annually, and in-state tuition for all students. Experience education that goes beyond textbooks, propelling you towards a brighter future. Join Minot State University and be part of a legacy of success. Discover your potential at Minot State. Learn more at MinotStateU.edu. Minot State University. Be seen. Be heard. Be you. you are thinking of joining a growing power to continue playing high-level college hockey, then Lake Superior State's ACHA M2 program could be right for you. In just two seasons under head coach Steve Canisto, the Lakers M2 team continues its drive towards a national tournament bid, coming off the program's best season ever. For information about playing in this hockey-focused community, or if you're just interested in schedule and ticket information, Visit our website at lssuachahockey.com. Looking for the big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? And Maryville University, located in St. Louis, Missouri, could be for you. Fielding five teams across all divisions of the ACHA since 2018 and playing just minutes from campus in the 1,000-plus seat 
Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as they compete against ACHA powers like Ohio, Liberty, Minot State, and Illinois State. For more information about all things Maryville, visit maryville.edu. you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. AM1 University, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Women's hockey is one of the fastest growing sports in the country and at Maryville University in St. Louis, having two ACHA women's teams allows young women to continue to play top level hockey. Maryville women's hockey aligns with the university's core values to provide opportunities for growth as a player as well as the sport. The Maryville University Hockey Center is the place to get a first-class hockey experience and is just minutes from campus. For more information on Maryville women's hockey, go online to MaryvilleSaints.com. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you, and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness gracious me! Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. Welcome back to another segment of ITHSW Podcast's American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. 
Indeed it is. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Scott Serrani with you tonight in Egan, Minnesota. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, we got all, all of them in. No matter what, we get this done. We love our partners and uh, couldn't be better to, uh, to have the head coach or the associate head coach. I don't want to get dad mad. Uh, no. <laughs> Clay Pergma- Pergram. How about that? Program. program. Um, Almost like program. Almost like program, but program. Yeah, exactly. Program. Anyway, they're going on the ice right now to get some more practice time in. They've got a great schedule. The first thing I saw on there was they're playing BU, and I'm going like, okay, you're in Lexington, Kentucky, and you're playing BU? That's his big-time hockey territory when you have Boston University, even at the M2 ACHA level coming in. So congratulations to those guys for doing what they do and and building the schedule, especially when you have midnight games all the way across the board. It never ceases to amaze me about all these different teams that we bring on, and we always have great conversations. And, and it always seems to be so... It's There's, there's similarities, but there's so many differences. And like right. we, we've talked about before, how, how different these programs are, but, you know, there's how similar they are, too. But, but it's just like it's not... It doesn't ever seem to be the same story or journey or, or you know it's it's kind of an interesting thing different backgrounds of the coaches or whoever we have on it's it makes for uh makes for, for fun and it's only september 6th and we got a long, i'm already i'm already tired thinking about it we've got a long long season ahead of us until we do we get to uh well, I don't know if there's ever an off season for us. There isn't. There isn't. Me, so. <laughs> so, well, what I'm looking forward to. Looking forward to what? <laughs> You're looking forward looking to championships. For- they, when it all comes yes. down to winning a championship, that's the fun part. When you yes, get to watch team do it, you, you experienced and, 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 it in Las Vegas at I the largest level. <laughs> I did. And speaking of that, the Stanley Cup will be making an appearance this month at the uh, rookie faceoff at the Dollar Loan Center. And that, that should inspire the young men that are playing in the rookie faceoff. So we'll talk about that as the, uh, the, yeah. the new show wraps back up again and gets cranking at the Pro Hockey West Report. Uh, in the meantime, um, take it away. Did I, did, I mention, did I mention this? The UNLV is on the ice, and I believe Kenny McCutton is involved in their camp again this week. I, I think I saw some pictures of him being involved with that. Uh, I've been able to get out there because I was traveling, getting back, and have another trip coming up this week. Town again, so I'll get out there. But uh, but their, their camp's underway, and then this is from San Diego State. Uh, I saw this story here, and uh, it's they're getting a bit of uh, tryout numbers, and uh, they're looking at their second ACA or ACHA Division One season, and they're hoping for a, a much different and improved second season. As they've got a lot of uh, people that are trying out, as we as we talked about, as we had um, you know the head coach Bill Bateman on before. And, you know, they had to get over some hurdles of some, some admission stuff. Sounds like they have that, and, and they're getting a lot of trials now. So hopefully promising things ahead for San Diego State, too, is, uh, as they uh, are in going to be in their second season of, uh, of uh, ACHA Division One hockey. So it should be a much better program, I would think, this upcoming season. Yep. We also talked about Oregon has a new coach, and uh, their program's still rocking and rolling. So lots of good things to talk about. We'll have plenty of time to do it, but right now it's time to say goodbye. Okay, then from the Summer Skate Studios, this is the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast, presented by IcetimeHockeyWest.com. Liberty University, bring your faith and your game to the premier ECHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at Liberty.edu. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. With three Valley locations and across the country at BehindTheMask.com, we keep you supplied with all of the gear you need all season long. University of Central Oklahoma, first-class experience on and off the ice. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, lunch catering, dining in or out, or just getting our award-winning barbecue sauce. We're at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. UNLV Hockey, follow the Skate Rebels Championship Quest. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Top Golf, reserve a bay or a meeting room for your next corporate outing at topgolf.com. Adrian College, Championship Hockey Culture, and a nationally rated small private school education at adrianbulldogs.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos with Caesars Rewards. Members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. University of Arizona Hockey, 
Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org and become part of one of the West's most historic hockey programs. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in style. San Diego State Hockey. Sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. Jets Pizza. Go to jetspizza.com to find one of our over 400 locations in 20 states nationwide. Oklahoma University Hockey. The action you crave only faster at ouhockey.net. The American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network and is live every week on the Podbean app and is available on your favorite podcast platform at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Again, search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review any of our podcasts to help others find the show. Very well done, my friend. Uh, I do want to say one health reminder out there. I don't know, but up here in Minnesota, the... Uh, the dreaded COVID is uh, making a return. Yes, um, the first lady, first lady Jill Biden has come down with COVID. And, and, yeah, it's uh, uh, it, it's still out there, folks. So uh, do take care. We don't want to lose uh, anybody to uh, such a thing. That uh, just be careful and uh, take care of yourselves. Get vaccinated. Do all that good stuff. Um, our thanks to the head, the associate head coach at the University of Kentucky, Clay Program, for joining us tonight. Stephen and I will be back next week for another edition of the American Collegiate Hockey Top 20 Podcast. Good night, everybody.